welcome to the Saint podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. It's great to be with you this evening. A very warm welcome to Saint. If we've not yet met, my name is Al, and I help lead the church. And today is a big moment in life by church. We do this twice a year. We have a vision series. We look at where we're heading. And so if you're brand new here, you've come on the perfect day. And today is actually our gift day. Before you panic, who knows that you can't outgive God, right? So I want to start with a gift that I believe is from the Holy Spirit to you tonight. It popped up during church news, and I saw it, and I was like, I've made it through the pandemic. I can see the future. Have a look at this. Have a look at this. Oh, come on, Temmie, can we just say, brother, that is a look, right? Temmie, come on, stand up. We need a, we need both, come on, stand up. Temmie's mum wanted me to let you know he is single and he is, um, so just, just hit him up if you're around. Okay, so ministry time at the end, we'll have like a call forward, people who want to like be released in this new season, when we have a call forward in response to Temi's jumper. Um, as you can tell, this is carefully planned, and um, it's excited to be together. We're excited to be together tonight. So, everyone doing okay? Can't believe you guys thought for a moment, Tando, that you thought I might have run the half marathon. Bro. I was boxing last week. Thank you very much, Farida. That's true. So listen, tonight we're looking at the whole area of um, the finances of the church. We do this twice a year, and I want to start with um, the accountant's dream. So the next two minutes are like accountant's favorite two minutes of the year. Um, we're going to talk about the need of the next six months. Then we're going to have a little look at where we're going, and I want to speak tonight um, about how we can all be involved. So firstly, uh, where are we at? Well, we reminded um, each other last week of the target. We're praying over the next six months that God will provide the the difference, I guess, between our current income as a church community and the cost of running saint and all the things we do. And so projected forward across six months, that's 126 pounds. And I want to encourage all of us who are here today to pray about how we can be involved in responding to that. You might be here for the first time, in which case you're thinking, oh, of all the Sundays to come to church, it's like the giving Sunday, the time they talk about the money, where are the exits? Well, Bad luck, we've just bolted the doors. You can't leave until we've taken up the offering. No, I'm joking. Uh, think of this tonight as just a regular offering, a chance for your visitor just to be part of a regular offering. And let me pray as we begin tonight, because I really believe that God would want to encourage you, wherever you're from, whatever your story is tonight, that he wants you to live a generous life. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we want you to like pour that into the offering tonight, but I want to encourage you with a word from the Lord tonight, that God would want to bring a revolution in your life in the area of generosity. Amen? So let's just pray. Father, we thank you that we cannot outgive you that you so love the world that you gave. And we pray tonight you would speak to each one of us about how we might be part of living lives of radical generosity. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. So I want to start with a reminder of the why. You know this, right? The why is super important before you talk about the what and the how. Why are we here? What is the vision of saint? What's our story? Well, we started this 
this whole story not that long ago. If you're brand new, it's still relatively new. The paint hasn't quite dried, literally, in this building on what we're doing. And we've seen God over the last few years just do incredible things. From the ashes of even this building or these places that the church has been worshipping in for a thousand years in East London, we began to see the seeds of renaissance, the seeds of God doing a new thing. So I want to encourage you just by reminding us of what we're living in as a group of people starting out in this adventure together in East London. Have a little look at the story so far. So exciting. I want to speak to you tonight about the generosity revolution. Tonight's talk, if you're taking notes, is called the generosity revolution. I don't know about you, but in my life, generosity is not like the default setting. You know, on your phone, there's like default settings. Generosity is not one of my default settings. Let me tell you a little bit of my story. When I was six years old, my father and my mother um, separated. My mother left my father, who'd been having an affair, and literally overnight she walked out and took me with her, and we started a kind of new life. And my mum went from uh, a place of security to a place where she literally had nothing. We moved into a tiny one-bedroom flat, and I didn't have a bed. We used to have a camp bed that I put up every morning, every evening before I went to sleep. I remember it right now. Fold up bed, a little hook that you put across the top. And then we'd wheel it into a cupboard and I'd get out each night and sleep on that while I was living with my mum. And I remember in those days, money was really tight. You know, she was starting out. She didn't have any work. She didn't know where she was going to make a living from or how she was going to make do. And I was an only child. And in those days, I remember, like, my Lego was my Lego. (laughs) Generosity was not like the default setting in my life. And then I remember fast forward to when I was 18 years old and I got my first proper job and I worked really hard. And at the end of the month, a little brown envelope with my paycheck came through. I opened it up. I was like, woo-hoo! I have literally won the lottery. There's like three digits on the pay scale. And I'm like, I got paycheck. I take it home and I was like, this is my money. Nobody's touching this. I was like, it's mine. It's my Lego. Default setting not set to generosity. And what's crazy is that you may know this, but even when you don't have anything or even when you're blessed with resources, unless the default setting changes, your response to the situation, the resources in your hands will always be the same. I needed a revolution in the area of generosity in my life. And then I started going to church. I became a Christian when I was 18 years old. And I rocked up to church a bit like this Sunday and they were talking about the money. And I was like, oh no, of all the Sundays to come to church, it's the money one. And I guess I had two reactions. Firstly, I didn't think it was any of the church's business what I did with my money. It was my money, all my Lego. And secondly, I thought, well, you know, I'm British and we just really hate talking about money, right? And you put God in the mix as well, like God plus money, it's like the ultimate taboo. I mean, just really don't want to talk about that. But the more I began to know Jesus, the more I began to read what he taught and and understand his love and the nature of his love. Well, two things dawned on me. Firstly, Jesus wasn't British. (laughs) It may come as a surprise to you, but he didn't seem to have the same social hang-ups of it being all my Lego, right? So he actually spends a huge amount of his time on earth recorded in the pages of scripture talking about money. 16 to 38 parables in the Bible which Jesus teaches are about money and possessions. There are 500 verses in the Bible about faith without which it's impossible to please God. There are 500 verses about prayer without which it's impossible to have a relationship with God. Do you know how many there are about money? 
2,300. In other words, a revolution started to happen in my thinking. Maybe, just maybe, it's possible that the creator of the universe, who teaches me about how to live and how to love and how to be, maybe his teaching about money is every bit as radical and liberating and compelling as his teaching about every other area of my life. So gradually my heart began to be softened. And one of the hardest spiritual battles I ever took was like three inches (laughs) from the the pen lid to the paper. It's not my Lego, Jesus. That moment where I decided to give triggered a generosity revolution in my life. It was one of the most important decisions that I've ever made. And I've learned over the last 25 years of walking with Jesus and trying to be part of his plan, his vision, is that you can never outgive God. You can't outgive him. Proverbs 11 verse 24 says this in the message, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. It's the world of the stingy that gets smaller and smaller. In other words, I want us as a church community to learn to be radically generous in how we live and how we love and how we give in Jesus' name. Amen? Would you turn with me to the second book of Corinthians? We're going to read from chapter 9. If you have a Bible on your phone, extra points, get it out, have a little look at it. But 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and it's going to come up on the wall behind me in case you're struggling to get your phone out. 2 Corinthians 9 verses 1 to 8 says this. Paul writing to a church in Corinth, super generous, super committed to the vision Paul writes this, there is no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people. For I know your eagerness to help and I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you in Acacia were ready to give and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, that you may be ready as I said you would be. For if any Macedonian comes with me and finds you unprepared, we not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Three steps tonight that we can each of us take away to begin a generosity revolution in our lives. Number one, start giving Regularly. Start regularly. Like the Corinthians in verse 2, Paul writes this, you were ready to give, enthusiastic. Paul says, I know your eagerness to help. Yeah, it's amazing. But here's the thing. Intention is not the same as action. You'd be like, oh, I love saying, I've just, I love it. I love being part of this vision, hope for the people of East London, and feeding the, the vulnerable and looking after young people and seeing transformation and the renaissance of culture and crazy things that we're starting to see happen. I'm all in. But that's great. That's an intention. It's different from an action. An action is when we move from intention to actually doing something. So Paul continues in verse five. He says, finish the arrangements for the generous gift you promise. You know, maybe you're new to church in this season. I met a couple this morning who'd been, in fact, I met four people this morning who were all in the front row. They'd been attending church for the last year and a half during lockdown. It's like their first time at church and they'd come along and they're like, it's so good to actually be here. Um, and it was kind of weird. They were like, you all look like, like, 
like real in real life. And they were sort of looking at like Tando, who's basically like an Instagram celebrity or like a YouTube. I think you're like a big, you're like a big deal on YouTube, aren't you? Like basically, like just the same YouTube channel is basically the Tando channel. It's like, you know, BBC iPlayer, they have like the David Attenborough scroll bar. On like Saint, uh, they have basically the Tando scroll bar. So they were like, wow, is that, is that Tando over there, you know, going around to him? So, and they came, they said, we really want to be involved. And this morning was one of those moments when they moved from like being a fan to being a family member, a, a friend, a participator. I want to encourage you tonight, if you're new, don't miss this opportunity to become a member, a part of the family. We, we don't do this every week. The next time we'll do this is in 2022. So tonight is the night to move from intention to action. You may be tempted to say, well, I, I, you know, I'm a freelancer and I, 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 my money is so erratic and there's a pandemic and this stuff. Well, let me ask you a question. Maybe you, you have some areas of your life where you are prioritizing regularly giving, like your phone bill. I mean, if you don't pay your phone bill each month, you don't have a phone, right? That's intention put into action. Let me encourage you to make God a regular part of your budgeting, your finances, your commitment, because it'll change your relationship with God and the people around you. And you may say, well, you know what, 126,000 pounds, that's a lot of money. I'm hoping somebody here has got a really, really, really good job. You know, maybe there's someone here who's like a billionaire and they could like stump up and pay that and, you know, Truth is, it's all of us. Our church is blessed with the most extraordinarily generous community. And it's lots of us giving regularly that makes this stuff happen. It's not going to be someone else. It's going to be you and me playing our part. Here's the crazy thing. It's not actually going to take that much. We think that probably it's about 100 of us across our services to actually begin regularly giving to mean we're not like heading towards a, like a financial crisis where we've got a gap between our income and our expenditure. And we want as a family to be able to pay our bills and do the ministry God's called us to. So maybe you're here tonight and you're like, well, I can be number 20 on that list. It doesn't take much. Just a few of us here in this service could make a massive difference. You may say the Psalms are so vast. Well, you know, the average person who gives monthly now at church, and we have loads of generous people, 308 people as of last week give regularly. The average monthly gift is about 130 pounds. The smallest is just five pounds. There are loads of people who are hugely generous who give way more than that. But the point is this, it's not about the numbers, it's about the heart. It's about being brought in and being part of making this happen. And what will happen is a revolution will start to take place. You'll move from being a spectator being a stakeholder. You'll move from being a passenger to being a participator, from being a consumer to being a contributor. Something will radically change when you walk in the building each week. So I'd love to encourage you to begin that first step, to start giving regularly. Second thing that I'd love to encourage you, second step to revolutionizing the area of generosity in your life is real simple. It's simply to stretch generously. Stretch generously. If you've been running a half marathon, you'll know that stretching is super important, right? Paul writes in verse six, then it will be ready, the gift that you want to give, as a generous gift, not one grudgingly given. You know, the truth is, when we keep giving the same amount every time, we get stretched anyhow, because inflation will erode that away. So what my wife and I try and do each time we have a gift day is just stretch our regular giving by a little bit. 
just so that we are continuing to stretch ourselves. And generosity is a bit like a muscle. You know, it's one of those things where as you give, you're going to find that that to, to grow in generosity, you need to keep stretching yourself. In the same way that in the gym, if you go in there and it's like leg day every day, right? Yeah? Tando, is it always leg day in your gym? What? Half marathon, yeah. But like if you just go in there and you just do leg day every day, you are not going to get fit. You're just going to get really weird looking legs, right? The point is stretch yourself and you're going to find that as you stretch, you're growing. And people sometimes say, well, look, where do I begin? Well, the place to begin is by beginning. Like if you give, start giving in a biblical way. What did the Bible say when in the Old Testament? There was a rule. It was like textbook rule. You couldn't be part of the people of God unless you designated 10% of the first fruits of what you made to give to the work of the Lord. They called it tithing. And that's a really helpful rule of thumb. If you want to start somewhere, I'd encourage you to start there. But the truth is we're not bound by law. Jesus didn't come to negate the law. He came to bring the law to fulfillment so that you and I might be free to exceed the law. It's not a case of sitting down with like your, God is like somehow your agent. You know, you signed up like a contract and it's like, hey, he gets 10% of everything I make, you know, once I've deducted costs. You know, it doesn't work like that with God. When we come to Jesus, we give 100% of what we are to him. I love what Tim Keller says. He says this, when you sit down to work out your giving, don't do it with a calculator. Do it with a cross. In other words, it's my wife's calculator. You don't sit down and say, <clears throat> it's, it's gift day this week. Okay, how much did I make last? Well, I haven't billed for that freelance job. So, okay, how much? okay, now I'm going to deduct my mortgage, my bills. I'm going to take that girl out on the date. Going to get a jumper like Temmie's in two colors because, you know, cream's not my color. And then, mm, got a little bit left. Okay, that's what I'll give at the end of the month to the Lord. Don't work out your giving with a calculator, like legally. Instead, what we're encouraged to do by the New Testament is to work out our giving with a cross. It's like Jesus, in view of your mercy, in view that you died and gave yourself for me. And when I put my trust in you, I died on that cross with you. I put my faith in you and you totally changed my life. You saved me from hell and death for eternity. And now that I put my trust in you on the cross, all my hope and my future is secured in you. You rose from the grave. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Everything in my life is looked at through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ. And because of that, everything I am is yours. That's why Romans 12 says, offer your bodies. Everything you are is a sacrifice to God in view of his mercy. And then the question is, Lord, what do you want me to do with my time, with my my body, with my energy, with my talents, with my gifts? I've got these hurts. I'm going to bring them to the cross. And hey, I've got things in my pockets. I've got resources. I've got a paycheck. I've got a future. I've got relationships. They're all yours. Don't start working out your giving with a calculator. Work it out with a cross. As a consequence, the early church didn't get their calculator out. They gave everything they had to the Lord radically and triggered an explosive generosity that totally transformed the world. In fact, the the pagan historians of the time used to say, see the Christians 
See how they love one another. No one has any need amongst them because of the radical, revolutionary generosity that God worked in them. So let me encourage you tonight to think of stretching yourself in generosity. I was really um, moved a, a, a while ago. I remember our congregation, I don't know if she's here tonight, but Tolu, she's a friend, and she came up to me and she said, Al, you know, I love you. So it was a bad start. You're like, hey, Al, you know, I love you. But I, I, she said, I, I'm relatively new to church, but I'm just blown away by what God's doing in this place. It's the most exciting place to be in this amazing vision to see transformation across this city and plant churches and see young people trained up and all these young people coming forward and getting like ordained and like Temmy, like his cream cardigan, I'm making that bit up. But you know, she was like, she was like, it's amazing what God's doing here. And she said, except we had gift day last week. She said, why when you've got such a big vision are you so embarrassed about talking about money? I was like, whoa, suck a punch to the face. So I did what any good pastor would do in that kind of situation. I said, why don't you talk to the church? If you're so confident talking about money, huh? And she said, fine. So here is Tony encouraging us to give. Would you put your hands together? Have a look at this. How cool is that? Put your hands together. So second way to release a revolution of generosity is to stretch generously as you give. And you may want to consider tonight whether you give already or whether you want to stretch your giving to beat inflation. Don't be robbed by the natural cycles of inflation. That would be a terrible way to do it. The third thing tonight that I'd love to encourage you with is simply this, to so joyfully so joyfully. Paul says this in verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. And, and you know this is true, right? Whatever you sow, you reap. If you sow like, like you know, being really mean with your money, you reap being mean with your money. If you sow generously, well, Jesus talks about you get a hundredfold seed result from sowing one grain of seed in the ground. That's an amazing thought. When you sow into the kingdom of God, it yields a fruit, a harvest of righteousness. People's lives transformed. People are impacted. And we don't want to be a church that sows like stingily. We want to be generous. But we want to do it as well in a context of joy. So Paul writes, continues this. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. In other words, tonight is not a fundraising pitch. Please don't give anything under compulsion. But give because the love of God has motivated you to give. You know, it's true that you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And maybe tonight God will speak to you about how you might sow joyfully. Paul continues, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The word in the Greek is hilarion, which literally means celebration. Party. It's the word from which we get hilarious. And I love gift days. If I'm really honest with you, when I first started out leading church a few years back, I found this kind of moment in the life of church really nerve-wracking. I used to like literally get like shaky standing up here and hope people wouldn't notice. Because I'm so nervous about what might happen when we do a gift day. But over the years, I've watched and I've learned how fun it is to see God work, often miraculously, through moments like this in the church. 
And maybe you give regularly. Or maybe you're planning tonight to try and stretch your giving a little bit. Or maybe you're here tonight and you think, yep, I really want to sow joyfully into what's going on here. And a great way to do that, Liv and I try and do this each time we have a gift day, is just to give a one-off gift towards the work we're doing here as a pure act of joy. You might be here and you think, well, I've got 126,000 pounds I really need to get rid of. In which case, that's wonderful. Or you might be here and you might say, well, I've got one pound I want to get rid of. That's incredible too. You know, it's not about the number. It's about the attitude of joy. It's about what God calls us to do, each of us in our own way. And here's the thing about generosity. The revolution of generosity comes when we realize it's not about us losing what we have so God can use it. It's about us giving generously what we have so that God can multiply it. In other words, when you give, it doesn't disappear and like never get, you know, God doesn't like, like hide it away in his bank until you get to heaven. God doesn't need our money. Instead, what happens is he uses it to bring joy to the world. Literally, you know the loaves and fishes? This kid turns up on a picnic and he's got fish and Jesus takes it. Jesus didn't need the kid to turn up with fish. He took the fish and he multiplied it and he fed 5,000 with one kid's lunchbox. Why did he do that? Well, I imagine it was really fun. It's like, hey, look at this. It's incredible what God can do when we release our generosity he will take it and multiply it. Let me tell you one story that I love. In fact, I'll read you an email from a friend um, who wrote this into the, to me back at one of our last gift days. She writes this. She joined the church. I joined the church back in January last year and attended the Sunday when you asked if people would buy a chair. Do you remember when we reopened this building? It was like yesterday. We had no chairs. And you're sitting on chairs right now. They're the fruit of a previous gift day. So praise God for that. And she said, since I was new and I hadn't given towards the project to restore this building, I thought it'd be a great thing to help contribute and a way to show my support for what God was doing in this new community. Then you asked if we may think about someone we knew and we'd buy them a chair too. My flatmate and my best friend immediately came to mind. So we did this thing where it's like, buy a chair if you want to, but also why don't we buy a chair in faith for someone else to come and join us in the weeks and months ahead? And then she said this, with no expectations, just a hope that one day my best friend might join me at church. I bought one for her and began to lift her journey up to God. You see, generosity releases an extraordinary revolution. She starts praying for her friend. Then listen to this. Well, during the lockdown, she signed up to do Alpha through the church. And every Wednesday night, we joined our group together. This led to many questions and great discussions around faith. Fast forward to a few weeks ago at the reopening of the church and the person I had sitting next to me in the chair next to me in church was my best friend. She ends with this. God is good and his timing is perfect. Isn't that fun? When you give, when you stretch your giving, when you become someone who gives regularly, when you be generous in giving one-off gifts, God does far more than we could ever ask or imagine according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I love that story because that person has gone on to be really involved in saint. That spare chair turned into a real person who's gone on to be involved in helping and giving and serving and helping encourage young people. It's an amazing story. And there are hundreds of people like that across our family. When we sow joyfully, extraordinary things can happen. And I believe, even tonight, that God wants to 
remind you and I, to encourage us, to speak to our hearts, that generosity will kickstart a revolution in our lives that will have a huge impact, not just on your life, but on the lives of hundreds of people around you. In a moment, we're going to pray and we're going to have a chance to fill these cards in together and to move from kind of intention to action. But before we do that, a reminder, we're not going to do this like every um, week. We take up an offering every week, sure, but we only kind of talk about this a couple of times a year. And so right now, tonight, I want to encourage you, we're not going to be doing this again until 2022. And now is the moment to respond. And I'm praying that tonight God will speak to you in your heart about what he's calling you to do. And I'm praying this is going to be a turning point in your life tonight, that you will experience freedom and joy as we respond together. And my prayer, I guess as your pastor, I don't want to pastor a stingy church that gets smaller and smaller. I want to be involved in a generous church who get larger and larger at serving and blessing the people around us in Jesus' name. Amen? Yeah, let me encourage you tonight. When you start to give regularly, when you stretch generously, when you sow joyfully, you will find, as the Word of God says, you will begin to abound in every good work. That's what Paul says in verse eight. Here's the impact. Here's the revolution of generosity. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. And I'm confident, guys, that when you look back from the perspective of eternity, you'll find that as you pour yourself into his work generously, you are going to see a harvest of righteousness that's going to impact not just the people you love, but the people you've yet to meet this side of heaven that will impact into eternity for all the people around us in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.